1: Praise the Lord everybody. Praise the Lord everybody. Can you stand to your feet this morning as we go forward in worship? So glad to see everybody this morning. Come on and clap your hands with us. For this is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We're so excited to see you. We say, Jesus, I give you the glory and I give you together come on let's sing to the king everybody say Jesus come on and we give you, give you, the honor. Give you the come on everybody say Jesus he's really been good to us hallelujah Jesus blessed Savior he's worthy to be praised is he worthy this morning in your hearts hallelujah Jesus everybody come on praise him Church, praise
2: him.
1: Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. We say Jesus. Jesus. Blessed Savior. Blessed He's worthy. He's
3: worthy. To
1: be praised. Come on, is he worthy? Come on, everybody, say it again. Praise him. How I many came to praise Him this morning? Praise him. praise him! You come to worship Him. Come on, praise him. praise him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Let's say it together, everybody. Jesus! Jesus! We said, Blessed Savior! Blessed
3: Savior!
1: Come on, He's worthy! He's worthy! Too. Yes, He is. Come on! We praise from the rising of the sun. Come on, church. From the of the sun. Come on, unto the going down. Unto the going down of the state. Come on, let's say it together. He's worthy. He's worthy. We say, Jesus is worthy. Come on, we declare it. He's worthy to He's be praised. On, in all things yes Come on give, and give him glory Come on we say Jesus, Jesus. come on blessed Savior Bless come on he's worthy, he's worthy too. Come on, he's worthy church come on. Say Jesus. Jesus, Blessed
3: Savior. He's worthy. He's worthy to be. be
4: We're going to welcome you to the sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church where we are worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. We pray that all of you who are here and those in our virtual sanctuary will be blessed by our worship experience on today. And we pray that something that is said or done will give you reason to praise God like you've never praised him before. Let us pray. God, we have come on today, both physically and virtually, as a gathered congregation to praise your holy name. And we've come to realize, God, that we don't give you our best praise until we concentrate on serving someone else. God, we don't give you our best praise until we take our minds off of us and put our minds on you. And so on today, God, no matter what's going on in our world, Let us pause that so that we can give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for who you are, for what you've done, and what you will always do in our lives. This is your servant's prayer as we worship you in spirit and in truth on today. Let all of us say together, amen and amen. We are now going to go further in worship with music from our ministry of music and fine arts. to thy name, O God, most high. It is now time for prayer here in the house of Salem. We want you to stand as you are where you are seated. If you want to stand for prayer, we're not coming to the altar and we only want you to hold hands of those people that you've come in with. If you didn't come in with them, then we ask that you don't hold their hands. And as we prepare for a time of prayer, we want you to be mindful of all of our elected officials. Those that are serving at the federal, state, and local level and all of our military personnel. Those that are hospitalized. Infant Clementine Nielsen Jackson. Sister Velma Clark. Sister Jacqueline Jones sister Valera Middlebrooks, brother Dwayne Jennings. Then there are those that stand in the need of additional prayer this week for whatever is on their hearts, souls, and minds. Sister Frances Medley, sister Kiziana Curtis, sister Elizabeth Hubbard, sister Allie Jackson, sister Mary Ann Smith, sister Thea Moore Turnbull, Sister Lynette Walker, Sister Gwen Watson, Sister Thelma Williams, Trustee Nate Brown, Brother Emmett Carther, Brother O.C. Coleman, Brother Mark Owens, Brother Delone Rucker, Brother Frank Stewart Senior, and Brother Derek Wakefield. Then there are those that stand in the need of prayer due to the of of a loved one, Brother Greg and Sister Joy Guy in the loss of her sister, Lynette James, and Brother Carlos and Sister Belani Cozart in the loss of his mother, Cleora Cozart. Let us now go to the throne of grace in prayer. Good and gracious God, we have come today. Reflecting on just how good you have been to us. We reflect, God, on those things that some folk may think are cliches. But the very things that have really brought us from a mighty long way. God, it's not a cliche. Because we are living examples of not only who you are and how you bless us but how you make provisions for us even when we can't see our way through the darkness of all the things going on in our lives. God, you have been there when we couldn't utter a word. God, you've been there when we could only shake our heads and tap our feet. God, you've been there when the tears dried up and we couldn't cry another tear. God, you've been there but we couldn't say hallelujah long enough. God, you have been there because you know just how we feel. Because you gave us your son who died a horrible death just so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And so it's not a cliche, God, when we say you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. It's not a cliche, God, when we say eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of men. God is never a cliche because we're living examples of just how good you are. Even now, God, you are blessing someone who feels undeserved. God, you are forgiving someone who can't even forgive themselves. God, you are loving someone on today who see themselves as being unlovable. And then, God, you're teaching all of us how to look beyond our own need and see the needs in other people, and began to show genuine compassion because they are just like us, people made in your image. And if you can bless us, God, then we know you can also bless them. For the burdens we all carry, God, we pray that in this worship experience, will feel you lifting the weight of all those things that burden us down so that we can continue sharing to a sick and dying world that you are yet alive because of the miracle you see in me. So now, God, we ask that you continue to bless those that are sick and are shut in less. Bless the shepherd of this house, that he may continue to lead us in paths that lead to righteousness. And then bless the remaining portion of this worship experience, O oh God, that you get all honor, glory, and praise. This is your servant's prayer for all your people. In it is in Jesus' name we pray, Let every heart say together, amen.
5: How many glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? We praise God for those who have joined us in face-to-face worship and those who have joined us from the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church, and we are grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, We Please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. Uh, Just a few things we want to remind you of very quickly. Um, We praise God for those who again have joined us in worship and your cooperation uh, during our transition back into in-person worship. We want to remind you that uh, this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, September 29th at 630, we'll be having our corporate prayer service by Zoom. You will be receiving a constant contact with that link uh, at some point during this week. As well, uh, we, our deacons will be distributing our communion elements on Saturday, October 2nd from 10 AM to 2 PM. We had a very successful vaccination clinic this last Wednesday from 4 to 7 PM. We thank our community partners for assisting us with that. We will have an additional vaccination clinic on Wednesday, on, on Wednesday, October 13th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. If you have not received your vaccination, we want to make it available to you and we strongly suggest that you, as we want you to be safe and healthy that you would receive that vaccination. As well, we uh, are making it possible for those who need uh, the uh, flu shot to receive that on Tuesday, October 12th here at the Salem Church from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. specifically for our golden adventurers. We drive through. You don't have to get out. Don't have to do anything. We will serve you. Amen. And we thank you, Salem, and our ministry partners for your continued faithfulness and support through your giving. We know that we are simply managers and stewards of that which the Lord has given to us, and we are to return to him a portion of that which he has given to us. The word of God reminds us if we trust him with the tithe, he will then open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you won't have room enough to receive. And I know I have some witnesses in the sanctuary and in the virtual sanctuary that the Lord will do exactly what he said he will do. We remind you of the various platforms by which you're able to give your tithe and offering. You can mail them here to the church, 3131 Lake Street Omaha, Nebraska 68111, from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. You can bring them here to the church. You can give through our website on salembc.org, through PayPal, through Venmo, through Cash App, through GiveLify, You can text to give at 402 543 3316 And for those who are in person, those who are on site, we want to remind you as you exit worship on today, you are able to give your tithe and offering. There will be persons at the doors prepared to receive your tithe and your offering. Amen. The old saints would say you can't be God-giving no matter how you try. Amen. Amen. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship. That you would stand in reverence to the Word of God. Turn with us your Bibles, or your tablets, whatever devices you might be using. Once again to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at verse 18. 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at verse 18. Word of God reads, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? What is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God. And you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now, what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes about the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, the humility of a divine assignment. The humility of a divine assignment. <clears throat> in the proper section, se- uh, prior section of Scripture, we notice David's season of peace and rest. In the midst of that season of peace and rest, David takes inventory of his, his station and standing in life. And after assessing his current condition— comes to the conclusion that something is amiss and awry. David says himself and to the prophet Nathan, I'm living in an elaborate and extravagant house of cedar that has been donated, designed, and constructed by King Hiram of Tyre and the Ark of the Lord resides in a temporary tent. David's observation prompts and provokes him to begin to put together a plan to build the Lord a permanent temple to house the ark of the Lord. It is in that moment that the Lord points out the mistakes that David had made in this plan. The Lord points out to David that his plans were out of place because they were not divinely consulted, they were assumptive, and they were plans beyond David's authority to make. The Lord also reminds David that his successes may have caused him to forget his starting point as it related to his divine assignment. He says to David that you've forgotten where you were when I first chose you. You've forgotten that I was the one that kept your enemies from you. That I was the one that caused you to be honored in the eyes of man. And finally, the Lord communicates to David that he would override David's mistakes and turn them into a masterpiece. David had been concerned and captivated by the thought of building the Lord a temple, a house. And The Lord informs David, my plan is to do something greater through you. He says, I will establish a royal dynasty through you. Something far beyond anything David could have ever imagined. It's after that declaration and decree from the Lord, we find ourselves in the section of Scripture we focus on today, beginning at the 18th verse of 2 Samuel chapter 7. It's here that we observe the humility of a divine assignment. The first thing that this text suggests is that David simply displays a spirit of humility. David displays a spirit of humility. We must remember the moment in David's life that this text coincides with. David was now the king of a united Israel. He has conquered Jerusalem and made it the capital of his kingdom. He has recently repelled and resisted an attack from the Philistines, and now He is at rest as king. With all of his accomplishments and triumphs, it would have been easy and expected to observe David becoming an arrogant and aloof leader of Israel. Now, it did happen down the road, but it did not happen in this text on today. David displays a spirit of humility even in the shadows of his successes. It's demonstrated and displayed by David here that he has a spirit of humility. It is shown first in his progression towards the Lord. Verse 18 says that David went in and sat before the Lord. This suggests that David went to the tabernacle where the ark of the Lord was housed. This means that David left the comfort of his luxurious and ornate palace to venture to a simple and unsophisticated tent to be in the presence of the Lord. David did not feel as if he could simply stay where he was to speak with the Lord. Now, we know the Lord is spirit, which means he's everywhere. However, for David, the thought was the ark of the Lord symbolized the presence of the Lord. And David shows us that he felt if he were to leisurely approach the Lord in his palatial home, it would not represent the reverence and respect that he had for the Lord. David decided I'm going to make my way. I'm going to progress toward the Lord's house. I'm going to move toward the Lord's house. Child of God, we have to progress toward the Lord in humility. We cannot move toward the Lord as if we are doing him a favor. As if the Lord should feel blessed by our presence and our prayers. We should feel blessed that he receives our presence and our prayers. It is child of God a privilege to be able to go to the Lord. And that's what David does. David leaves his place of comfort in his palace. And he progresses toward the Lord. And child of God, we have to understand Everything with the Lord is not going to be comfortable. Everything with the Lord is not going to be comfortable. Sometimes we have to move out of our comfort zone to receive from the Lord what we need to receive. Now I know you've always done things the way you've done things and I know you'll say if it ain't broke, don't fix it, just relax and let it go. But baby, if it's broke, if it's going to be fixed, you got to get out of your comfort zone and move towards the Lord. He shows his spirit of humility in his progression towards the Lord, but uh, he shows his spirit of humility as well uh, in his posture before the Lord. The Bible says in verse 18 that David went in and sat before the Lord. Now, in our mind's eye, we would imagine that as David enters the tabernacle, he finds an elevated throne that is denoted and designated as the seat of the king. However, it's more likely that David enters the temple, enters the tabernacle, and does as we've observed in many Middle Eastern traditions he would have bowed on his knees and rested his body on his feet behind him. This was and is a posture and position of worship. It was a posture that indicated that the Lord was the object of worship. And understand, David was saying, I am not the object of worship. David was indicating that he was well aware of the fact that the Lord was to be worshipped. Now we have to take into account the historical context. In ancient times, from the Egyptian pharaohs to the Roman Caesars, many kings considered themselves as gods and insisted their citizens worship them as gods. Oh, but it was different with David. David realized he was mortal. He recognized he was human. He understood he was finite. He confessed and comprehended that he was sinful and limited. And he humbly displayed this as he sat before the Lord. Even though Israel bowed to him, even as his soldiers would salute him, even as his, his servants fell at his feet, David realized he was nothing and no one compared to the Lord. Child of God, when we, become, when we come before the Lord, we need to get it straight. As successful as we may be, as prosperous as, as we may be, as accomplished and educated as we may be, when we approach the Lord, we need to have the spiritual posture of humility. It reminds me of the prophet Isaiah's encounter with the Lord in the temple in Isaiah chapter 6 where it says this, In the year the king Uzziah died. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings: with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to the uh, another, to another and said, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory." And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke so I said woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts just like Isaiah David realized he was in the presence of a holy God and he had to get his prayerful posture posture correct. The Bible says he humbly sat before the Lord. And so we see this, uh, he displays his humble spirit uh, because of his progression towards the Lord and is shown in David's posture before the Lord, but it's also shown in David's passion for the Lord. We must be reminded, the Bible tells us at the beginning of this chapter, that David was resting in his palace. He and Israel are finally at peace. Their enemies for the time being are idle. David is finally for a moment experiencing a moment of tranquility and calm. Yet, he leaves his house and seeks the Lord in the Lord's house. His passion for the Lord is not reserved for the times when things are in an uproar or in the midst of upheaval. He does not have a passion for the Lord that's limited to times of chaos and confusion. He does not pray and praise only in times of trouble. And the truth is, that's how many of us are. When things are fine, when life's seas are calm, when the road we're traveling is smooth, when our families are stable, our jobs are secure, our health is sure, our passion for the Lord. Our prayer life weakens, our praise dries up, Uh, but let everything start falling apart. We hang up the phone, we get off social media, and we send our friends home. Uh, So we can spend some time with the Lord and when we get to the church and the choir starts to sing, we cannot stay in our seat because our passion for the Lord has been prodded and provoked by our problems and yet, Saint of God, our passion for the Lord should be evident when all is well when the blessings are flowing and when there's no crisis in our lives. Listen, David could have been lulled into not seeking the Lord because of the peaceful moment he was experiencing, but his passion for the Lord pushed him to get into the Lord's presence. Child of God, your passion for the Lord, your prayers and your praise to the Lord should be just as much on the good days as it is on the bad days. If nothing else, your passion for the Lord ought to push you to tell the Lord, thank you for a good hour. Thank you for a good day. Thank you for a good month. Thank you for a good week. No matter how, what amount of time it might be uh, your passion for the Lord even in the good times ought to overflow. So David displays a spirit of humility but then David makes a statement of humility. David approaches the Lord with the spirit of humility. He then makes a statement of humility. He wants the Lord to know that he's well aware of how he's come to this moment in his life. David says, I, I know I feel it in my spirit, but Lord, I need to say it. I, I need to make a, a statement. In essence, he was saying, I need to make a confession that I'm well aware that I didn't get here by myself. So David makes a statement of humility. Uh, David says, Lord, it was you that brought me. Listen again to what David says in verse 18. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house? That you have brought me this far. Now, surely there were those that had observed David's rise to power. There were plenty who were aware of his victory over a nine foot giant by the name. Of Goliath. Others were aware of the fact that he had evaded King Saul's uh, assassination attempts. Some had witnessed his uh, prowess and proficiency as a warrior, and certainly his skills as a leader were well documented. For those who had made these observations, uh, they likely credited all of these things to David's gifts and his talents. But David knew the real deal. He he knew the truth. When he approached the Lord, he made it clear, Lord, it's you that's brought me this far. And we need to recognize the same thing in our lives. It's been the Lord has brought us we have not come this far on our own Uh, individually and collectively you do know in April of next year we're going to be celebrating a hundred years of ministry here at the Salem Baptist Church and we didn't do that on our own it was the Lord has brought us Yeah, other people might believe we earned what we have and deserve where we are in life. Ah, child of God, you better recognize and relay the reality it's been the Lord that's brought you this far. If it were up to you and if it were up to me, we would have messed this thing up a long time ago. David says, Lord, I realize you are the one who brought me. Oh, it's like the words of Dr. Margaret P. DeRose. She penned these words, he kept my enemies away. He let the sun shine through a cloudy day. He wrapped me in the cradle of his arms when he knew I had been battered and torn. If it had not been. For the Lord on my side, where would I be? Where would I be? Now, you don't have to tell me where you would have been uh, because confession is good for the soul but bad for the reputation. But at least on the inside, you ought to tell the Lord, thank you that you brought me thus far. I, I just don't know where I would have been. The Lord hath not brought me far. So David makes a statement of humility. He says, Lord, it was you that brought me. But then he says, Lord, uh, making a statement of humility because Lord, it was you that blessed me. Yeah, you, you brought me and you blessed me. David began to testify of the blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon him and the blessings that The Lord has promised for his future and the future of his family. David says in so many words, this is no small thing that you're going to do for me and through me. Now remember, the Lord has told David in the prior section of scripture, I'll build a house, a royal destiny through you and your family. David confesses, I did not do this, and I do not deserve this. He says, it was you, Lord, that blessed me. Listen to what he says in verses 19 through 21. And yet, this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, and you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now, what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. For your word's sake and according to your own heart, you have done all of these great things to make your servant know them. David says, you're the one who has blessed me and you're the one that's going to, continue to bless me you're the one that's going to bless my family by establishing a royal dynasty and I understand the Lord uh, he says I understand Lord that I, I didn't do this myself and I don't deserve it to be done for me but Lord you decided to bless me And child of God when the Lord decides to bless you you ought to recognize that it was the Lord. You ought to recognize that you didn't do it and you did not deserve it. Ah, uh, child of God, wherever, whatever the Lord decides to do in your life as a blessing, or you, you need to acknowledge that it's not all about you. Uh, because sometimes... Uh, we are a means to an end. The end is to bring him glory, and we simply are the means. And so you ought to tell the Lord, Lord, I thank you for blessing me. Ah, yes, every now and then we need to rehearse and repeat and reiterate that we know that it was the Lord who blessed us. When you wake up in the morning, you ought to tell the Lord, I know it was because you blessed me. When you go to the kitchen cupboard and there's food to eat, you ought to tell the Lord, Lord, I know that it was you who blessed me. When you look in your driveway or your parking lot, whether it's a hoopty or not, if it can get you from point A to point B, you ought to tell the Lord, Lord, thank you. Because I know it was you that blessed me. Uh, when you get to work, even if you don't like your boss or your coworkers, you ought to tell the Lord, tell the Lord, thank you. Because I know that it was you that blessed me. Do I have a witness today? Uh, yes, Lord, Bishop Larry D. Trotter said it in a song. Every time I turn around, yes, Lord, he keeps on blessing me. Uh-huh, I don't uh, deserve it. Uh-huh, I've got to run uh, and I've got to tell it uh, how the Lord uh, has been good to me. Uh-huh, he goes on and says uh, he keeps blessing me. Uh-huh and when the praises go up yes lord god's blessings come down do i have a witness today uh uh-huh, i'm gonna leave y'all alone and let you go on home But I need to know, uh, is there anybody here uh, who doesn't mind uh, acknowledging the fact uh, that uh, it was, it was uh, the Lord uh, who blessed you? Uh, Do I have a witness? Uh,
2: Well, I need, I I, I need, uh, I need. To know is there anybody here who doesn't mind telling the world it was nobody but the Lord. Yes, Lord,
5: that's what David says on another occasion bless the Lord at all times his praise
2: shall continually be in my mouth oh my soul will make her boast in the Lord the humble will hear thereof and be glad oh, Magnify, yeah! Magnify, yeah! Magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Is there anybody here who's not ashamed today to tell the world it was nobody? Nobody Yeah, nobody yeah, yeah nobody nobody but the Lord tell him thank you Tell him thank you Tell him thank you Tell him thank you Yeah thank you Yeah oh, Ah, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The doors of
5: the church are open. The invitation is extended, even as you stand all across the building. And we ought to tell the Lord, Thank you for our blessing, that He decided to bless us. Most times even in spite of us. Yes, God. And yet those blessings come from the Lord. And for those who are in relationship with the Lord, and you can be in relationship with him if you trust Jesus as Lord and as Savior. The Bible reminds us that we can be saved In Romans 10, by faith, it says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And You ought to make that confession of faith on today. If you are in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, you can call us at 402-455-1000, option 3. Someone is waiting to hear your voice right now. Or if you're in the sanctuary and you want to give your life to the Lord, immediately following the benediction, go to the uh, information table just outside the sanctuary. There'll be a deacon waiting for you to give your life to the Lord. If you know the Lord, but you're out of fellowship with the local church, you can call us again at 402-455-1000, option 3. Or if you're here in the sanctuary and you want to be a part of the Salem Church, even as you exit, you can go to the information center just outside the sanctuary. But this would be the perfect time, the perfect day, the perfect moment for you to give your life to the Lord. That you have made a decision to give your life to the lord on today amen immediately following the benediction we're going to ask you to return to your seats our ushers are going to escort you out of the sanctuary from the rear to the front again lord we thank you for the privilege of worshiping on today those who are in the sanctuary and in the virtual sanctuary of the salem church we pray this worship experience has been a blessing to them that will strengthen them on their journey. And now, unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy, to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power, both now and forever. And the people of God in this sanctuary, all across this city, all across this state, all across the country, and all across the world, said together Amen, Amen, and Amen we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead you may be seated